What is up, everyone? Thank you so much for joining us on the first ever episode of Keeping It Frank. Now, not only is it the first ever episode, but due to the current realities and circumstances, it's also the first one we do over the computer. So we do apologize if the sound quality isn't at the standard that we want to keep it, um, but we absolutely wanted to get this out as soon as possible and get this information to you. So again, thank you for tuning in. Mike is here with me. Mike, how are you doing? You know, we're, uh, we're keeping myself busy and uh, getting out there, enjoying the weather now that it's finally starting to become summer weather out there. So getting out those walks. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to get out nowadays. I mean, with everybody kind of inside, uh, things sure. get gloomy. So, um, I mean, this podcast is a great opportunity for us to be a little bit creative, um, deviate from like the preconceived self-isolation idea mm-hmm. um, and still put some great things out there keeping ourselves busy and creative. Today's guest is that individual who is creative, creating things, ideas that are so abstract and bringing them to reality. And Mike and I are in awe of some of the projects he's put together. So we wanted to bring him on in order to see his creative process, understand what goes into his life, um, starting as a humble DJ and working his way through to now becoming an event planner. Today on our episode, we have a prominent DJ here in Montreal by the name of DJ Stevie V. Now, many of our listeners might know him, might have been to his parties, might have had the chance to witness some of his events. So we'd like to really spend some time and get to know who is the man behind DJ Stevie V. What's so unique and what I really want to drill down and understand is is the creative process, how he goes about that and understanding um, on top of that being in this world, Mike, where I have to imagine we are living right now in COVID-19 territory, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This is an event-driven business. So I'm also curious to understand how has this affected him? For sure, for sure. When we look at something where your whole job is dependent on people coming and people partying and getting close together in proximity, for sure it's going to take a toll. So we'd love to pick his brain about that, for sure. And with all of that being said, Mike and I, again, thank you for joining us on our first ever episode of Keeping It Frank. Mike and I are thrilled to have Stevie V on with us today. Um, You should know that name by now, I think. Mike and I were uh, really excited to bring him on board. Um, Stevie has been around the music industry, most notably as a DJ promoting uh, a huge party, an Italian party called Insieme. Uh, On top of that, he recently uh, takes part in Joe and Mary's wedding, something he's created, something that Mike and I admire about him. So, Stevie, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, we're really happy to have you on the show. Hey, guys. What's up? Glad to be on. Welcome, 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 Steve. So, Stevie, look, I know I caught you, uh, or we caught you off guard, uh, you know, telling you we had a podcast going on and stuff. And, uh, I mean, first and foremost, you know, given where we are with COVID-19, uh, I hope on your end, you know, uh, health, uh, everybody around you is good. Uh, what's that been like for you? Is that, are you okay? Has everything been okay? 
Family's good. We're okay. It's a bit boring. I mean, I still go for walks. I mean, I actually, you know, I think we took life for granted a bit and didn't do much with it. This reset kind of helped me just clear my mind a bit, but now it's starting to get a little boring, but you know, listen, it's the way life is. Everybody's going through it. So I'm just going with the flow right now, you know? And I'm glad you put it that way. Cause I think that, um, you know, it's one of those times where everybody actually is in the same boat, right? Everybody uh, has to stay home. Everybody is, is affected in one way or another, but happy to hear you're doing good uh, on yeah. our end. I mean, the most or the best you can do right now is wait it out. And, you know, you said you're rethinking, refreshing. So uh, we don't get that time a lot. So good on you for taking advantage of it. Absolutely. So, I mean, Mike and I wanted to kind of start out. And I think um, when you're looking at uh, COVID-19 and Mike brought it up earlier, um, you're really looking at something where there isn't parties. You know, people are not going out. Um, no. and, and given your uh, career and your business, I can't imagine that's helpful for, for you advancing uh, in that area there. So what's that been like for someone that's so social uh, and has to be out there with people networking? I mean, what's the new reality um, over the last two months? Well, I'm trying not to, uh, I don't want to be into the new reality or the new normal. I don't want to do too many of the, the Zoom parties or get everybody on online. <laughs> I think everybody gets used to that. They're going to think it's the new norm. Listen, it's going to pass. It's going to take a while. For me and my business, it sucks. It's the worst. I mean, we're on the bottom scale. Like, I mean, you know, essential workers get first. Then after it starts, the little restaurants open. But for clubs and my event planning, we're screwed. So you know what? I did have a good life. Well, good life. I mean, I still have a good life. But I just mean, <laughs> in business, it was a great life, making a lot of money. And this COVID screwed me. And that's it, man. I have to take it to heart right now that... Um, for now, I mean, I'm already getting another job offers. That has nothing to do with event planning right now. But, you know, the event planning and the DJing, I'm still going to do it. I still do lives and everything. I'm still doing mixtapes. And uh, we're still doing NCMA until this whole COVID finishes. But until then, listen, I try to be realistic. I was on another podcast with DJs last week. And I gave it to them raw. I don't think until 2021. Man. I think mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen. Maybe a few shows later on in September, October, but until there's a vaccine or something, just uh, my business is screwed. So you know what? Yeah, I don't mind getting another job for now and then just keeping it on the side until it goes over and then we start again, you know? Pivot. Yeah, just to no... like you were saying, um, that DJing really, it, it was a great job. It's, it's a great job. You, you make money, you have lots of fun with it. Just to bring it back, what? what made you want to become a DJ? Like what was the major thing that said, you know what? Some people just dabble in it. Some people take it up as a hobby. What made you want to stick to it and, and go through with this? Well, cause I'm more of a marketer. So even when I was a kid, I always like thought about marketing and everything and how, you know, cause during that time I was a kid, there was no like social media and everything. So I just wanted <laughs> to get something that was cool, you know, pick up girls. I was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> Really, that's what it was. And I started making mixtapes with cassettes. Like when I was 12, I was making t-shirts. I was making money. I had a part-time job and everything was just going into my DJing, making business cards, getting out t-shirts, free. Everything was free. So it was more of a marketing tool. I mean, I love music, of course, but I wasn't like, as a kid at 12, I wasn't the best DJ. Those other DJs are really good. I just wanted to do it more as a marketing tool. I wanted to get my name out there. I wanted to be popular. And my grandfather always told me, get a job that's recession proof. And you know what? It was because DJing, no matter what, even if there's a recession, people want to party. 
people want to have fun. People want to go out. So Probably more than people. more than usual. They need something. They need a good time. Yeah, even if it's a recession, people are still going to party. When I was a recession, I think when was the last recession? Maybe two thousand. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine would be the last time. Yeah. I was still booming. Clubs are booming. Okay, sure, people are going out less, but you know what? People are still partying. I was getting paid. I was having a blast. Entertainment-wise, was amazing. Of course, with a virus, that kind of like screwed up everything. So, the only thing that could screw up my business is a virus, and this is what happened. I mean, a zombie apocalypse or uh, <laughs> walking dead virus. We got the virus, so you know what? It screwed us. And it screwed a lot of DJs, but it's not even the DJ because I don't really care about the DJ part of it. I have I take care of the room Montreal. The room is a movie in two thousand three. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. I take care of the Montreal version, uh, the Montreal edition here. And uh, I know Tommy, I know Greg, all the people. We had a big screenings coming in. Greg, who plays Mark in the movie, is a good friend of mine. He was coming down. We we're going to Quebec City in May. Sold out two shows. Canceled. Joe and Mary's canceled. Everything's canceled. You know, so and CME is canceled. Everything is canceled. So you know what? It's and a great sure. business. If you don't have a virus or you don't have a pandemic going on in the world, it's a great business. But now we got it, so now we're screwed. You know. But <laughs> listen, we saved up. I have some real estate, so it's not like we're dying. Right? <laughs> but let's hope it finishes off soon because this sucks for everybody, not just for me, just for everybody. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. And and uh, like I like I said in the beginning, you know, everybody's in the same boat. Um, and, and it's crazy because everybody I talk to in some shape or form, when you're looking at the financial side, uh, is impacted. Um, what, what I'd be curious to know a little bit though, is, is I know for myself and, and I'll speak for myself. Um, it's been an opportunity to, to rethink the way I do business, to, to relook at my business model, like having this unforeseen circumstance come in, it forces you to plan and, and rethink and, and refresh. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know when we introduced you in, you know, you mentioned taking some time to kind of reignite and refresh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what what are you working on right now? Well, I took some time to refresh because I really, seriously, like everybody else, I thought it was going to last maybe a month, two months. Now I'm getting to realization that it might take a year. So uh, right now I'm working on stuff like I'm still working on my NCM account with CMA Montreal on Instagram, which actually gets me a lot of money with uh, not a lot of money, but it gets me money with sponsorships and everything. So social media is still doing pretty good. I mean, for what it is, mm-hmm. uh, the events I'm working on the events, but like I said, I'm working on them for September. Joe and Mary's we were supposed to do it March 28th in Montreal sold out. We did auto and Toronto sold out. Thank God that was in the beginning of COVID. So people it's still sold out. We did the party, you know? Good. The 28th was, that's when Lego, I think two weeks before, said that uh, all uh, events are canceled. So we had to cancel. We put it up until uh, July. We can't do July. So we're going to do it in September. Of course, let's hope everything's going to be okay. But <clears throat> actually to make money in my kind of field right now, there's not much. I mean, uh, I mean, like I told that DJ podcast and everything, they want to hear good news. There's no good news. There's there's nothing you can do now. Anything with entertainment, parties, clubs, social events. My parents' 25th, um, 50th anniversary was going to happen. Got canceled. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Everything got canceled. The halls are dying. Everything is freaking out right now. So, so that's what I did. I got some job offers. And uh, I'm going to be working. Uh, I just, I, I got a job now. So... And um, it's nothing to do with entertainment, but well, kind of a, it is, but it's more online, you know? Okay. 
And it's a steady job. I mean, it's just, well, let me get the job first. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> All the best. I, I wish it for Yeah, you. they want me. No, they want me. It's just that, you know, whatever. It's just that it's, it's a lot of work. So I don't know if I want to get into that. Because then if the COVID finishes, I'm kind of stuck in there. I know I don't want to like screw them over and stuff. But listen, I don't want to get unemployment. I hate getting that stuff. I never got it in my life. I'm getting how it come? now. Sorry? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how come? I hear that a lot. Like a lot of people, I, I'm actually the same way, believe it or not. Like I've, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've uh, always been an entrepreneur in the sense of like, mm-hmm. I've, I've always worked for myself, tried to generate my own cash and stuff. And, and sure. my pride and my ego always stopped me from taking like unemployment insurance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you just brought it up and, and it's, it's something that resonates a lot. If you don't mind me asking, um, is it a pride thing? Like what stops you from, from taking that help? Well, no, it's not really a pride thing because I, t- I took two of them or whatever. I mean, the government's giving free money. Just take it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, right. We work for it. But in a circumstance that there's nothing happening, the virus is not there, everything's going, and you're taking unemployment that you could work? No, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. Fair right enough. now, in my field, there's not much we can do. So the government helping us with that $2,000 a month, whatever it is, I mean, I'll take it. But like I said, I'm getting job offers. So there's some people that, you know, they can get job offers, but they don't want to work. I mean, they're getting that $2,000. They chill. You know what I mean? So it's a perspective thing for you. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm going to take it. I, it's not because of the pride. Now it's more of the pride because I took it for two times already. I know there's jobs slowly coming up here and there. So I'm, I'm going to take a job. I mean, if, if it's a good job that I like. I don't want to work at Tim Hortons or anything like that. But <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You make more money with the two thousand that Ken is giving to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and, this job is what I'm thinking about is a good job, so we'll see. I mean, and, and I admire that. Money. It's it's like you're pivoting, right? It's it's unfortunately right now in the industry, um, you don't <laughs> see good things happening, which is a good thing because you're forward looking. No. So you need to self sustain. Uh, so good on you to like be able to to say, hey, you know what? I might have to pivot away from the business for you know six months, whatever whatever the timeline is, uh, mm-hmm. to sustain myself. Because the reality is, if you just wait it out, um, and you know you mentioned you know you got some liquidity, which is great, but if that runs out, you're hurting yourself down the line. So good on you for for you know for the health of your business uh, to actually go in and get a job. Well, the the government's helping you out for four months. I mean, if you really can't get a job in four months, I mean, at least you have it. But out of those two months, I, you know what? I took a bit of advantage of it. Well, I mean, because, you know, I can't do anything with it. Everybody did. <laughs> of course. But now it's like, you know, I'm going to get the, other, the next one in May, whatever. We'll see. But if I get a job and I like it, you know, I'm going to take the job. Because yeah. another two months of that 2000, it's over. What are you going to do afterwards? I mean, I have money saved up. I have real estate. So I'm okay. But, you know, I just I just don't want to take the, the grants and everything. And I just rather work right now you know so it's hard staying your sweatpants all day and everything just chilling out and watching movies it actually affects you You get more tired it's crazy you know i agree i agree so earlier steve you were talking about uh joe and mary's uh for those of you know the listeners who who don't know what it is can you take us back to to what it is what how it came about and you know eventually if you'd like to redo it over again and what you really really liked about it yeah for sure Joan Mary's is really when I just, it's uh, something that I saw in uh, when, I, when I was in New York in 2003, I saw, it's a fake wedding. I mean, it was, uh, it was in a little, little reception hall, maybe a hundred people. And uh, it was a great show. It was like, you're at a wedding. You're like a guest. You know what I mean? The food sucked. I mean, whatever. It's a fake <laughs> I mean, it wasn't great Italian food, but whatever. The show is really, really good. You know, like I said, it was a hundred people. It's very interactive. 
Now I said, let me see how I could bring this. So you know what, since 2003, I always had it in my head. I gotta do it in Montreal. I gotta do you know, this thing in Montreal, you know? And it took me 10 years. And then 2013, wow. I remember, I decided to do it. I still procrastinated because it wasn't working out. Plus I was working at the club. So how am I gonna do this? And then last year, I just decided that I'm gonna do it. And uh, when was it, 2018, yeah. I was doodling and I said, you know what? I gotta come up with a name. So I said, um, I just wanna say that nobody believed in the project. A couple of people did, but not really that many people were into it. They're like, who's gonna come to a wedding? You know what I mean? It's so abstract to them too, right? It's like, who would pay money to do that? They don't understand the entertainment value. So that's that's a hard exactly. sell. Exactly, who's gonna come to an Italian wedding or who's gonna come to any t culture wedding? They go to, everybody goes to weddings anyways. Nobody wants to be there anyways. <laughs> but, but this is a wedding that you don't know anybody. So you're just, it's whatever stays in John Mary's wedding happens. Like, you know what I mean? That Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It becomes crazy. So, what, so how I marketed it, first of all, was the name. So we came up with a different names for well, myself, of course. And then I said, you know what? Joe and Mary, that's it. Just Joe and Mary. This it's, it's the most, you know, it's the most easiest Italian name. Everybody knows Joe. Everybody knows Mary. So I want to call it that. I call it Joe and Mary's. And I called Moxo, which is my partner now, but, uh, and I called, uh, I remember what it was the hall and it was the hall of the Fantique that's in uh, Montreal, in, in Rosemount. And I just said, you know, I want to do this thing. And the hall was like, yeah, I like your, uh, I like it. And then after I just made the logo and I just started doing the Instagram and I started slow, I did everything by myself, everything. Wow. <clears throat> I want people to, I want to say like, this guy helped me, but actually nobody helped me. That's my because I'm a perfectionist and I'm very like I want to make sure that everything's perfect. And uh, in the beginning, nobody helped me. But then after I got a great staff, you know. Of course, I couldn't, it was getting so big that I had to hire people. Well, it's, so, it's and if I can ask Stevie, just because I, I'm hyper interested in this, because you took something that is abstract, right? You took something that there's not a product. You know, I can't see what you're trying to do, and and you said ten years to come up with this. So. I mean, uh, what's it like in the moment where you're about to launch it, right? So you're, you're, you kind of took all the risk, you put everything together. Um, yeah. What's going on in that moment there? Like, like what's the buildup to launching that first show? <clears throat> I remember I was home and then I was just driving. I said, you know what? Because I always doodled while people are, oh, I'm talking on the phone. I'm doodling the logo, how I imagined it, you know, everything like that. And then after I just, I said, you know what? I called Moxo and I said, can you design me a logo? And he goes, yeah, let's do it, you know? He didn't know what it was. He goes, yeah, it's a fake wedding. Okay, that's cool. You know, something that New York did, you know, but we will work in Montreal. I said, you know what? I'll do one party. Let's see how it goes. I could fail. I lose. Let's try it out, you know? So I got the actors. I did a whole, I went on um, casting. I did the whole casting thing by myself. I casted Matthew as my groom. I casted everybody. I was emailing everybody. I got the whole script. Then Anthony Nona Maria. Anthony is uh, from Nona Maria. He wrote the script. And when we finished the script, I started putting online, you know, I started doing like a lot of like marketing, like theater coming soon, coming soon, you know? And like, people are just like, what the hell is this thing, you know? And then once I put it up, like tickets on sale this week and right away, people are texting me and calling me, what's this thing? I want to be it. And then after I put how does it online- How that feel, by the way, where you start, where you put this out and now you're getting positive response. Like, how does that, is that validating for you? It's like, I knew this was going to well, work. I got a lot of stupid responses too, because I was the hotline too. Everything I was, I was everything. I was the hotline. <laughs> I was the marketing guy. I was the casting director. 
I was the director. I was not the screenwriter because uh, the scriptwriter, because that was Anthony. And then after I put it up, and we sold out the first show in a week. Wow! So I'm like, yeah. I saw it was how many tickets? Uh, the first one was Buffet Antique. That was uh, four hundred fifty. Wow! Wow! So I'm wow. like, I saw, yeah, how but you like, feel coming out of that, man. Like you, you did it. Like, well, I was nervous because at four fifty, I'm like, I don't even have a script. I didn't even have the cast. <laughs> and and what my was cast was. What was your time? My line? cast was Kaylee the Bride, Nick uh, was the best man, and Matthew. That's all I had. I had nobody. So I was in the, in the middle of cast. I thought it was going to last, you know, a few tickets here. By the end, we'll sell 300. I really thought 300. You know, that's a good thing. I'll break even. Then next year, I'll, I'll improve, you know? Good and yeah, so I sold that 450, and then I'm like, oh shit. And then more <laughs> wow. people start calling me. More people start. I was putting ads everywhere i was spending so much money on ads that everybody would see it you know and then after i went and see embassy laval and because i needed something bigger and i uh, did the the second one the week afterwards and for 600 people we sold out in two weeks wow 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 but we didn't have only times we had greeks we had everything you know and, and, and just getting back to the first one, Steve, because for, for me, that's always the thing, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's like you take this risk. Like you're, you're spending time. Like it might not, Financial risk probably at the beginning wasn't huge, but it's an investment of time that you could be putting somewhere well, it else. It was huge because I, I quit my job. Okay, so you oh. went all in. You burnt all bridges. Oh, I had no money. So you said, <laughs> wow. Well, the story well because I had to because I was everything. There was no way I, had, I could have a job and do Joe and Mary's. I was everything doing Joe and Mary's, so. And there was no way, yeah, I quit my job, everything. So I had no money. I really, not that I had no money, but I had limited resources. So I had to make sure that yeah, everything sure. was done. And, and, yeah. and if I can ask, um, just a timeline. So um, from when you quit your job, okay, to when you mm -hmm. launch your first show, uh, what's the timeline? Is it like three months, six months? Uh, how long I did that take? December. I quit in December, actually, because I was, in November, I started in November 2017, uh, 2018, sorry. And then after that, I decided to do it in November 2018. Okay. We, bo we booked the hall in December. Online, the tickets came online in January, sold out the April show in a, in a week. Wow. And then, but I couldn't get any money off that. I wasn't making any money off that because, you know, it was all money because I had to keep the money in a, like a little bubble just in case, you know, because my... My cast is very expensive. I have to pay the hall. You know, there's a lot. Of, of course, stuff. of course. Yeah, and yeah, and you don't want to go splurge it and then be stuck with this bill no. afterwards. Because I didn't even know what's going to happen. Extra expenses, staff. Uh, there's it's the first uh, one. Security. Exactly. And I want to go all out too. And you know what? I got sponsors. I got people calling me. I got newspapers. But everybody wanted to like get involved somehow. So that was pretty cool. And like I said, then after I decided to do another one, I sold out in two weeks, six hundred people. And then I decided to do another one the week afterwards on Easter weekend. And people are like, no, Steve, don't do it. It's the weekend off. It's not going to work. I said, screw this, guys. I'm going to do it. You're going to fail. So the third party it was Easter weekend. We're 650 people. Oh, your biggest one. Flattened. <laughs> wow. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you know what's funny about this? Because I already had it when I, when I spoke on CJD as well, as well about this. Out of those three shows, I almost made no money, and I made I made it my salary. That's all I made. You know what I mean? And but this was this was a passion project for you. It's something it was a passion that... project, but I didn't realize that actors are very expensive. <laughs> and, and and does it well, impact it? Because because I mean, when we look at a lot of your cast, I mean, 
Um, it's no secret like you have, you know, Nick Messina, uh, who's a big influencer, right? You have uh, mm-hmm. Matthew, who's a big influencer. Um, I think Joe, uh, not Joe Catoni, sorry. Um, I, I know you have some other influencers in there as well. Um, was that part of the strategy too? Like when you were casting, knowing like, hey, to, to help me promote this party, uh, it helps if some of my, my guys have credibility, reputation. Um, oh, absolutely. That- absolutely. I mean, Matt, when I first talked to him, I, I didn't really know Matt because Matt wasn't as big as Instagram as he is now. But uh, he was slowly getting up there. And I always had Matt as my groom. Kaylee was not, a, she's not really an Instagram, she's an actress. Okay. Whatever. So, but yeah, there was, a, I, I did think about, of course, I mean, I'm not stupid. I want to get actors that people know and that want to see them, you know, in, live in person that could interact. There's a lot of people that like Matt and to see him as a groom and you're invited to his fake wedding. <laughs> it's pretty cool. You take pictures with him, you can party with him. You know what I mean? And, and what's so, the success? Like what drives people to draw Mary's wedding? Like, what are you trying to sell? Well, it's a comedy show. It's, it's a kind of wedding that, you know, because, listen, you go to a lot of weddings. I mean, I DJ weddings. Weddings are fun, but it's always the same norm. I mean, you can't really go crazy. You're with your family there. You know, you got to respect. You know, you're not going to be that drunk girl at the bar and everybody's going to be laughing at you and everything like that, you know? But I joined marriage. You can do whatever you want because nobody cares. I mean, it's, you can go with your friends. There's no kids allowed. So it's all 18 plus. There's a lot of sexual things that go on. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of adult themed kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And you know what? Our majority of people were 40 to like 60 years old. And you know what? They were going crazy. I've seen, I've never seen people do this stuff, whatever. <laughs> they, were, they were going wild. There were some point, they were wild. Like seriously, like stripping and people are going crazy. Like I've ne- I was like, what the hell's going on? You know? Yeah. They went all out. So it came up to that point that Joe and Mary's became that you have to be inside that place. There's no videos. We don't film. So, well, there's a, there's a camera guy, but it's a fake camera guy, but we don't film the event and we don't, we take pictures of course, but we don't film the event because we want people to be like, it's a safe space. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to show people what's going on, you know, and because you have to be there. You're either there or you're not. So, and it's, uh, yeah, it got, it got really, really crazy. But like I said, I didn't make much money on it and I didn't, but it was great because I did my second turn, the second one, and then we did we started expanding to Ottawa. Great show. We did Toronto, six hundred people in Toronto, and uh, like I said, we were doing Montreal, but it got canceled. So we're gonna go back in September and see how it goes. You know, that's that's. I mean, like like, like just the smallest little thing that you were doodling, and and uh, by a chance you saw in New York has now evolved into this thing that is going across the country. It's a huge, yeah. huge success to, to the hard work that, that you're putting in for them. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of now you've mentioned that, yeah, you, you mentioned that you've done weddings. Any pet peeves or, or things that you hated that you saw at weddings that you, that you now swear by? Like, okay, I can never do this again. Or I hate it when people play this song. Or I hate this dance. Is there stuff that you remember from weddings <laughs> that you just absolutely cannot stand anymore? Well, that's good for me because, you know, you know what? Because I do a lot of weddings because I work for Gold Star too. I do a lot of weddings every year. So everything that I hate in weddings, I actually put in Joe and Mary's. All the cliche stuff, <laughs> all the stuff that we laugh about, I put it at Joe and Mary's. I made Joe and Mary so cheesy. <laughs> oh, it's very cheesy. Like you'll walk in, you'll be like, oh my, people are laughing how cheesy it was. But that's what I wanted. I wanted but that's the shtick, yeah. I wanted to be Italian cheese. But of course, it gets crazy, of course. There's a lot of... Uh, but it's, Joe Mary's is a 90s inspired kind of wedding. 
it. So, so it's very cheesy. And even the wedding dress of the bride, it's, 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 you know, it's that stuff. The actual weddings that I do now, well, last year I did about 50 weddings. I was going to do about 50 weddings again this year, but everything's canceled. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, no, every wedding is cool, I guess, you know, weddings. I mean, today's weddings, whatever, they're fine. I mean, everybody wants to, everybody wants to overpower their neighbor's wedding. Everybody wants to make it better. But at the end of the day, how much food are you going to eat? How much, what are you going to put more roses? I mean, people really, they spend a lot of money on weddings. My personal wedding, if I got married, I want my wedding to be like Joe Mary's. I really want it to be like that. <laughs> Cliche, balloons everywhere, people just partying. Because yeah. that's what Joe Mary's is, it's just a party. You just go crazy. You know so so I mean? you're definitely, you're, you're um, although like, you know, you have no control of how the night is going to go. Um, no. You know, you, you try and put your best effort out. You say, you know, I'm going to create this atmosphere. Uh, but it sounds like the atmosphere you've created is one where people feel like, hey, this is a party. Let's have a good time. You know, let's live tonight. And that's contagious, man. I think that sells. And uh, for me, the biggest well, you're thing. You're paying to go to a wedding this time. It's not like you're actually invited. You're paying to go to the wedding. So you know what? You're going to have a good time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And plus, like you said, um, you know, you have, you have a mixed audience and, and things of that nature. Um, and, and kind of just getting back to Mike's point. So you might not have a pet peeve when it comes to um, you know, weddings in general. I'm just curious because I, I, I'd imagine as as a young DJ, like kind of going way back. Sorry, Stevie. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you you have to play some shows at the beginning, probably to build up your name and reputation. It's just how the game is, right? Everybody mm -hmm. starts at the bottom, and, and you got to climb that ladder. Is there a show um, or something in particular that's ever happened, like in that early life or a grimy show, where you're like, man, I, I can't believe I just witnessed this, or or anything of uh, like that? I'm not going to lie. I've witnessed almost everything at a wedding. Everything. I've witnessed fights. I've witnessed a death. Somebody died in front of me on the dance oh floor. Holy cow. I've witnessed broken uh, legs. I, I remember a mother. I still remember to this day. This mother was so excited that I played this song. I remember what it was. I think it was like a waltzer or something, but she was so excited to dance. She went flying through the thing, broke her leg and still laughing. The ambulance came. She was laughing. She was having a blast. But she broke her leg. Oh, my God. She literally yeah, broke she her leg. Yeah, she was funny. Somebody she literally broke her leg. And she did it. <laughs> there was a man. I remember I was DJing a baptism. He passed away. He got a heart attack in the hall. That was at the Ritz. I still remember the Ritz in St. Leonard. Um, I got a bride, that, uh, a bride that burned her hair. She had to go to the hospital. Whoa. So you've seen some stuff. <laughs> I've seen fights. I've seen uh, break-offs of the bride and groom that night. They hated each other. They wanted to kill each other. Oh, my God. Mostly fights. Okay, listen. It's really just like 10%. I've done 90% of amazing weddings. Of course. But 10%, I've seen almost everything. I've Listen, if you see death, I mean, <laughs> what else is there? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you just kind of, yeah you've kind of hit it. Um, and... <laughs> That's, that's, that's nuts. And, and just kind of talking about that scene of marriage and stuff, I know one thing dear to you, uh, I still, I know you mentioned it before, is in Siemi, and th that's been around for uh, for how long now? In Siemi, well, we started in 2000, not, realistically, it was 2006 when Italy won. Mm -hmm. When Italy won, I remember everybody was, everybody was in their houses watching the game. I had a bunch of flyers ready with Italy winning. So if Italy won, we're having the, the party at Mumba. You know what I mean? Nice. So so basically, so you I made remember, these flyers. I was in the car, 
and everybody's there was nobody in the in the streets. Nobody. It was like the way it is now. That's how it was. So everybody's watching the game. I went to Bureau on Girl to make pamphlets. I was ready. I mean, if we lost, then I throw the pamphlets in the, the garbage, you know. But if we win, we're going. I already have teams of four teams all across RDP, Saint Leonard, Saint Michel, in Laval. Hand out the flyers. Well, if they won. Okay. Okay. Then I remember. I just remember. I was near Universe. I remember. All of a sudden, I hear a roar, like a happy roar. Then I'm like, "Shit, we won." So <laughs> I didn't really care. Well, I cared that Italy won, but I was thinking more of the marketing aspect of it. Of course, you're a businessman. So I'm start packing my. No, I don't remember what car. I think I had the BlackBerry. I call my friends. Yo, start. So all the cars started coming. Yo, party on Mumba, party on Mumba. Next Sunday, next Sunday was already done. And it was the Mumba, I think, were, it was a Sunday. Not an off weekend. It was just a normal Sunday. Plus a barbecue outside, tailgate party where over 1,200 people. Wow. It was nuts. That was a 2006. And then with my ex-partner, 2007, I decided, you know what? Bazooki nights, Greeks have their nights. Arab people have their nights. I said, it's an Italian party, you know? Try it out, tarandels and everything like that, you know, with new school music too and everything. And um, we did it in 2007 and uh, we killed it and it was jammed. And then we've been doing it since 2007. Yeah, so now it's, uh, well, we're not doing it this year and maybe in September, October. We do it every year in May, but it was going to be, and we were going back actually to Miss Wong, which is Mumbai. We're which going is today's back to Mumbai, yeah. But uh, yeah, so this year we're not doing it. We're going to do it, like I said, if everything's okay, we're going to do it in September, October. So 13 years, yeah. And and just um, for the value side, and then I'll let Mike take over a little bit because I feel like I've monopolized the conversation. Um, uh, from the marketing side, because I, I think there's a lot of people out there that have ideas um, that, you know, are kind of like what you were mentioning, they doodle and they have these visions, um, mm-hmm. but they don't, you know, they, they overthink the steps. I mean, when it comes to creating a social media presence, uh, and it sounds like, from a young age, even before the social media, you were already thinking of branding. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in today's world, you know, if you're <laughs> a young entrepreneur, a startup entrepreneur, uh, and, and you wanted to focus some attention on putting content out and, and marketing yourself online, um, could you give them some some tips and pointers uh, of what's worked for you? Well, like, yeah, I've talking to like younger kids right now, and you know, just like people that want to start off doing that. Listen, I'm going to be straight with you. Everybody's lazy. They're not going to go what we went through. There's, it's not just me. I'm talking about other people about my age and we're all doing the same thing, you know, in their thirties and whatever. Everybody's not going to do what we did. We hustled. We had to hustle because there was no social media. So we had to do it. With social media now, it's really tough. I don't think, I mean, you could brand yourself, which is easy on social media, but the way we did it is like, we went out. You know, I would go on my bike. I would... I would take my parents' uh, car just to go to different parties, just to hand out stuff. You know what I mean? Just be present. Nobody's going to do networking that way. It's With social media, it's so easy right now. You know what I mean? So it's like kids could be a DJ very fast. Just put and, stuff out there. Yeah, they just put uh, they just get a logo done by Fiverr and it's for $5. Get a logo. Just your parents buy you a little setup of DJ. You give it at the pharmacy for 100 bucks, and they start. <laughs> they got to start somewhere. Yeah. Well, they got to start somewhere, but I'm just telling you a lot of kids these days, a lot of them that I saw that I tried to mentor, 
out of 50 of them, and maybe one is still doing it because they realize that it's a lot of work. You know, they got to work, you got to network because this is a, a club or um, a wedding or a big corporate event is not going to hire a small kid that doesn't know what he's doing, you know, for 50 bucks. Yeah, it's 50 bucks, but I'd rather get Stevie at a thousand, but I know he's, he's going to get the job done. He knows what he's doing, you know? So there's, you know, so mentoring kids and telling them some advice. The advice I tell them is not to get into this. It's really don't get into it because there's kind of these virus things that happen like now we're screwed. You know what I mean? So it's a very, it's a very iffy business. You can get big for a couple of years, five, six years, and then something really happens and you're screwed, you know? So it's not a very stable business. And, and on that note, just to finish that point off, I mean, you brought something up that, that I think is important. You mentioned like you encourage people not to DJ, to not do the thing that no. uh, has made or, or been the center of influence for you. I mean, yeah. that's got to get, that, that makes me think that if you were, let's say, I don't know, 18 or 20 today, uh, you know, just about to kind of uh, start what you started such a long time ago, uh, where would you put your attention and focus right now? Do you see, do you see trends or, or where you see opportunity? You mean if I was 18 right now? Yeah, it's like, what would you pivot to? Because DJ would not be it. Do you have something else? Like, is it the event planning and being more specific and, and growing that aspect? Um, well, if I had the same mindset, maybe not the DJing, but the event planning and everything, the promoting and the marketing, yes. To be a DJ, no. I wouldn't be a DJ. So you would no. look more to build a brand? I would, yeah. Helping people build brands like I do now. Marketing, doing events. But the music itself, okay, I, I love DJing. But there's a lot of people, like, they tell me, you know, you love DJing and everything. I don't really care. Because you know what? I've been doing it for so long. I, I think I'm very good at it. And I, like, I could not DJ for a year and get back on my CD things and just, I'll mix again. It'll come naturally. So I don't, I don't really care about the DJ side of it. But I do care about the marketing. So if I was 18, 20, I would still be doing with the events and the marketing and everything like that for sure. That's the way I am because I'm very sociable with people. I can't work in an office. I can't do anything. I need to talk to people and I need to do events. I need excitement. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. Sure. So, so, Steve, looking past this quarantine and eventually life will eventually go back to normal, where, where do you see yourself and, and your marketing in the next few years? What are some projects that you want to look forward to? or ideas or dreams that you might have going forward? Well, if this is over, like, I'm already ready. Seriously, I, I'm, like, once they say it's, like, you know, restrictions are gone, you can have parties, I already have six things already ready. You know what I mean? It's already ready. So, like I said, I got to John Mary's. I got the room that I was going into Quebec City, back to Montreal. I got so many weddings that are being postponed until September. So we still have Septembers that are not canceled. So I'm ready for that. I'm ready for New Year's Eve. We did a big New Year's Eve party with my partner, Mass. Last year was crazy, over 1,200 people. So we have New Year's Eve. You know, it's all on, well, it's not standby, but we're just, we're just hoping that it's going to be good. You know what I mean? Because if this pandemic is over soon and there's a vaccine or whatever it is, I got about six, seven events just lined up right now. You know what I mean? So I'm ready. But like I said, I also have this job that I'm doing now because I don't know how long it's going to take. Nobody knows. So we're just we're going to take it day by day. But listen, I think by September, let's hope I can get my, my events going on. As long as I have my New Year's Eve and in CMA and uh, Joan Mary's back, those three events, I really need those three events in 2020. 
you know, so that's the only thing is I'm really looking forward for now. I mean, the other stuff for DJing weddings, I'll do them next year, you know, so. Any dream projects? Um, you know what? I, I think I did my dream project. <laughs> hey, good for you. No, I think I did. I mean, I can get bigger, of course. Listen, I DJ for Pitbull at the Bell, uh, the Bell Center. I 25,000 people. I was DJing for Pitbull. So anytime Pitbull comes here, uh, uh, Romeo Santos, I DJ for him. The Pitbull was a big thing, actually. I never talk about that because I don't really, I don't know. I forget things very often. So talk about it. I'd be interested so to know what that was it, like. Yeah. You know what? There's so many things I've done that I just like, hey, shit, you know what? I really did. That was crazy. I did the Bell Center. Yeah, because I work for a VIP company and um, in LA in California. So I've moved there, uh, not moved there, but I flew there a few times for work. And um, yeah, so I was Pitbull's, um, I worked for VIP, they do Pitbull, they do uh, Enrique Iglesias, they do uh, Romeo Santos, <clears throat> Aventura. They do a couple, they have like six, seven brands, you know? And every time they come to Montreal, I either do their VIP party, Pitbull and, and Enrique, that was in 2018, they wanted me to open up for them. So I'm in front of everybody, 25,000 people in front of the Bell Center, DJ, you know what I mean? <clears throat> That is nuts, so, man. That while is people nuts. are coming in, you know, while people are waiting for the opening act with Cinco last time I remember, I was DJing for uh, Pitbull. So it was, it was crazy actually. You know what? I wasn't even shy. I wasn't even like, like how do you, how do you say it? I wasn't like um, scared or anything. I just sense. walk in and I saw 25 like shit. But I was just doing my thing, you know? And it was funny because in the front seats were all, some of my friends are like, yo, what's, it was really cool. It was really fun. But then I met Pitbull, I met everybody. And then Romeo Santos, I did him. And uh, yeah. What's Pitbull like? Pitbull is the most busiest guy in the world. I took it, I said, hi. I said, I work for you. He says, yeah, you're doing a great job. He doesn't even know who I am. Because he's <laughs> really nice. So, you know, you're doing a good job, my man. I'm like, okay, he doesn't know who I am. But I didn't even talk to Pitbull. I usually talk to the, the, the for globalization because I do mixes for them too. I usually deal with the, the guy over there that takes care of it. Pitbull is not, Pitbull's actually just a brand. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's a guy. He's the face. He's, he's a brand. You don't really have to talk to Pitbull. He doesn't really, on the ongoing um, daily stuff that happens on the radio station and his music, he's a very busy guy. So he doesn't have time for that. He's more of a showman and everything, but he was really cool. He was very nice. So um, that was a big experience too. Something I don't really talk about that much. I don't know why, but um, it was fun. It was great. So anytime they come back to town, another thing, the Aventura was supposed to come. I was going to DJ them. Aventura got canceled because of this COVID. So you know what I mean? Everything just screwed up. So. You're, you're feeling it. You're feeling it. And, and if I can ask Stevie, um, I, I noticed that you've been posting a mixtape is coming soon. So um, we want to give you some time to plug uh, what's going on for you. How can people support you? How can they get in, uh, follow your content? What, what can they do to connect to you? Uh, this is your time. Well, my new mixtape, I'm doing a 90s one because I find in quarantine right now, there's new stuff. There's no new stuff coming out. There is nothing. I mean, there's a few TikToks, uh, music videos that are coming out, but the music, there's no, there's nothing coming out because nobody's in studios. So there's no artists doing anything, you know? So everybody loves the 90s and everybody likes when I do the 90s and I decide to do, I love the 90s. It's going to be my fifth one I do, but this one is a big one. So we're about 75 tracks and it's going to be on Mixcloud mixcloud.com slash DJ Stevie V. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. 90, uh, all 90, 75 tracks. And we're doing two parts actually, because that's why it was a little bit of a hiccup with the, the mix. I wanted to do one, now we're doing two of them. So 
and that's it. So while we're in quarantine for a while, we're just going to release the 90s. People are excited about it. I personally am not a big 90s fan, but uh, whatever. So yeah, that's what people like. So we're going to do it. And I think it's going to be great. Anything you want to get all my mixes on uh, Mixcloud slash DJ Stevie V. Everything's there from 80s to new stuff to old stuff. Everything's on it. So it's fun. I love Mixcloud. Mixcloud's a great site for DJs. Look, Stevie, thank you so much. I think Mike and I uh, were really, really happy um, with this. You gave us a lot of great information. Thank you for thank you yeah, so much. Thank you for being real with us. And uh, guys, mm-hmm. you know, if, if if you like this podcast, go give Stevie V uh, a follow. You can follow him on all major platforms. Uh, someone who's clearly uh, doing something right. I mean, uh, creating something abstract into something so big and huge. Uh, I wish you so much success with all of your projects. Um, and Stevie, look, I, I hope you enjoyed this experience talking to us too. That was cool. We had a good time, man. So of course you can always follow me at DJ Stevie V M T L at Instagram. Facebook is Stevie Vesera and, um, yeah, that's about it. Those two ones. <laughs> those are the ones you use. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say a thank you for all of that, Stevie. I think it was a, you are a man of many talents for sure. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be brighter days eventually ahead for all of us so thank you so much for for joining us let's hope everybody stay safe let's do it let's hope that uh, something's gonna go good and uh, that's it it's gonna and happen one day to it's gonna be, we'll be fine one thousand percent stevie thank you for your perspective thank you for everything thank you for taking time yes sir we'll talk later man all right guys take care I am so intrigued to see what comments people are going to leave on this episode, Mike, because there was a huge variety of different small character and life lessons throughout his whole story. Um, And one that I took away, Mike, and, and maybe you can let me know what you thought of it, was when he was talking about jumping from, um, you know, having a security, which was a job, a steady income, uh, to go and create Joe and Mary's wedding, which he was telling us that he had no script ready. He had nobody cast it, didn't even have a venue. Um, and he put that together, I think in three weeks. Um, so I was just like, Whoa, you went from, um, you know, zero to a hundred really quickly and you burnt all bridges. Definitely. And I, and I think that's, it's a lot of, to ask of somebody to do. Like, I don't think many people that I would know would just quit everything that they have and start at zero. And it really shows his passion, his hustle, to get things done and really build something that he really, really loved from the ground up into something that he's happy with and that hundreds of other people could be happy with. Right. And he had to believe because he was telling us, and it's so funny because I'm sure as we go through this, Mike, this is going to be a common theme where people say, you know, oh, that's never going to work or, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's a good idea, you know, mockingly or something like that. Um, I think every entrepreneur, anybody who's been doing something a little bit out of the box and chasing a passion are doing something a little bit different has been hit with that kind of resistance. So if to see him persevere through that and pull it off, I mean, you know, the, um, the entrepreneur inside me smiles in a big way. And I think we have to remember that a life journey is a series of valleys and peaks, right? So just because right now you're at a low point, it doesn't mean that you could eventually find that peak again. So you work hard, you have those ideas and just try and see what happens. So what's the worst that can happen if you're already at your lowest, you know? Absolutely. And, and I mean, to that point, he's also sticking with what he knows. Um, you know, he, he mentioned he was a DJ branding himself, kind of working through uh, that life. Um, but what ultimately comes down is if you look at what he's created, like his big success stories, which is like the Insieme Italian party he was describing, mm-hmm. 
the Joe and Mary's Italian wedding, which is like a comedy show slash um, fake wedding, if you will. And the last one was The Room, uh, which has a huge cult following. But all three are really community. It's about bringing people together. And clearly, he knows how to do that. He definitely has a finger on the pulse. I mean, you, you can never think that those three things would come from the same mind. So he really has, you know, a finger on the pulse there and understands what the community wants around him. And he's able to go out and, and basically take that vision and put it into something practical. So, I mean, from that, I think where we were both amazed with taking, you know, something so abstract and creating these projects and, and not just projects, but their business opportunities for him too. So Stevie, we wish you nothing but success in all your endeavors. We are sorry that right now is not the best time for you to kind of explode this to the next level. Uh, but we here at Keeping It Frank are very, very excited to see the big things you are going to do going forward. And we want to thank you uh, for sitting down and giving our viewers your take on things. And to you, the viewers, the people that listened in, on the first ever episode of Keeping It Frank, we are so thankful and grateful to have you here. Uh, please, if you did like this episode, the biggest compliment we can get um, for putting this out is really to have you share, uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, it really goes a long way. And by subscribing to the podcast, you will be able to be notified um, when the next one comes out. And for Mike and I, that's really what we want. Right, Mike? We want them on this journey with us. Definitely. And if you really want to stay in touch with all of the stuff that we have going on, you can get all of our information from Instagram and Twitter and all of that information in the bio. Absolutely. So please, again, if you did enjoy this, subscribe. And, and more than anything, leave us a comment. And we really hope to continue entertaining you and bringing you value here over at Keeping It Frank.